Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 45 of Preston Jensen's podcast. I'm your host, Preston. Uh, today, I've got a very special guest. I'm really excited for this interview. I've always been a huge Twins fan, and today we get the opportunity to talk to Brace Hemelgarn. And he is the, or one of the official photographers for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Brace, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got this position. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so I'm, my name's Brace. I'm, I'm a Minnesota native, born and raised, grew up a Twins fan. Uh, grew up in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Attended St. John's University and uh, I've always had an interest in, in baseball and uh, photography ever since I graduated high school. So kind of shot some sports growing up and at St. John's and it grew into a position with a hometown team. Um, so entering this season will be season number 11 with the twins for me. Awesome. Um, doing the photography for the organization on and off the field. So when you were in college, did you play any sports? Did you play baseball? Yes. I, uh, played four years at St. John's or rode the bench for four years at St. John's uh, is a better way to put it. But yeah, it was being around a team and, and playing college athletics was a goal of mine. And I started with the twins my junior year of college too. So I was, I was missing some practices in the spring, driving to target field and driving back and going to class and kind of doing it all those last couple of years of college. So it was, it was, a, it was a fun, uh, fun couple of years. So was that something they had an internship set up or did you, uh, from the get go, when you started college, were you focused on getting this position? Uh, I just had the goal of working in sports while I was in college. I didn't really have a, a set plan that I wanted to accomplish. I just knew I wanted to end up doing something in sports cause I knew I wasn't good enough to, to play beyond the college level. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, I, started taking pictures and it kind of grew into, uh, I kind of met the right people with the twins and they offered me a, a part-time job, uh, about a year or so after I met a few people with the organization. So, uh, getting back to the competition of being a player yourself and then switching to a photographer in your professional career, uh, do you miss a little bit of the competitive side or are there other photographers that you compete with in the MLB? Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, that's a good question. I don't say I, there is still a competition, but not like one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, a lot of the photographers around the league I'm good friends with. Um, and we all just try to make, make cool stuff, make our teams look cool every day. Um, I still make a little bit of competition within myself to, to challenge myself. And that's, I, I like to be competitive, whether I'm playing sports or taking photos, um, I want to do the best that I can every day. So it's playing a game within myself of how can I be more creative today? How can I take a better photo today than I did yesterday? Um, and throughout the grind of a baseball season, shooting over 100, 115 games a year, it, it gets kind of monotonous. So kind of playing games with, with myself within my head of how can I do better? How can I challenge myself to compete and create something better than I did the day before is kind of how I go on and on every day. Do you build on your photography styles or do you try and change up your editing techniques from year to year to decipher different twins teams? Uh, I would say a lot of it depends on the team. Um, and then throughout the years too, I've found that my style has maybe changed depending on if, if I purchase maybe a few new lenses. Okay. Um, and that helps me 
see things differently and I shoot things differently depending on the glass that I'm using. Uh, but the teams too is also a, a big factor in how I, how I cover the team. Um, I've started in 2011. So you've got teams in 2015, 2016, where we're really young. Um, you getting a lot of guys coming up from the minor leagues, making their debut. They're, they're young, they're fun. They, they love the camera. And now I've kind of grown up with that crew and now we're uh, central division champions and I've been around for a while and now you're shooting a winning team and it's, but I've been around them. So it's, it's been a, it's a good progression over the years um, with different teams and every new, every team has a new identity. Um, 2019, you had the Bomba squad and focused a lot on home runs. And I was shooting a lot more photos in 2019, trying to shoot, every swing almost just because home runs were the story of the year. And that's what told the story on social media or in our publications. And 2016, we're losing a hundred games and it's, you're not shooting every single swing. You're not, you know, so it's, it's a, this, the team depicts kind of how you shoot the season and you kind of go off of that as the season goes on. How about the relationships you form with these players? Uh, that's got to be kind of a tough part of your job. It seems like, uh, you know, if someone's not performing on the field or they get traded, you've already built a relationship with these guys. Do you stay in contact with them after they've been traded? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a small circle that you're, you kind of get to be a part of. So it's, uh, once they're traded or they're a free agent, they sign elsewhere and they come back into town, you definitely go kind of catch up with them a little bit. But uh, being how we, how we cover with the twins, we cover a lot of minor league stuff too. So we, uh, I shot Buxton's from the day he signed his deal after we drafted him. I shot him in Cedar Rapids, Chattanooga, um, and then his big league debut. So there, there's guys like that where you kind of cover their whole career. So you kind of build a relationship with them before they make it to the big leagues. So when they get up to the big leagues, they don't need to learn who you are and build that trust. We've kind of started building trust while they're, while they're younger. And that by the time they get to the big leagues, it's, they know what we're there to do, make them look good, make the team look good. And uh, we all work together pretty well. I know you must have a good relationship with a lot of the players because as I was doing a little research for this podcast, I came across a YouTube video where they're telling you that you were fired and it was just about the saddest video I had ever seen. I, I had a, you know, a pit in my stomach for you watching that. And then, uh, they come in and tell you they're just kidding. And I thought, okay, there has to be a backstory from this because you say well played. There had to be more to the story than just that video. Yeah, that was, a, we were actually just talking about that video yesterday <laughs> in our office. Uh, that was a, a very rough day. I think that was my, yeah, that was, that was rough. Uh, they got me pretty good. Uh, that was Kyle Gibson, who is arguably yep. the nicest guy on the team. So <laughs> you could kind of tell that he was too nice to pull the prank off. So you had to get a few other people involved to, to be a little more tough. Um, but yeah, I, earlier that season, I was on Twins Caravan with Kyle Gibson, and I might have got some some photos of him that ended up hung up in the clubhouse <laughs> at spring training um, of him dancing, I think maybe in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, that made their way into public view for a handful of the players. So that was, that was his payback was him pretty much firing me and sending me home. Oh, it was pretty good. It was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a good prank. He got me pretty good. And 
very I'm good. Still here, so. And and after I watched it a second time, you could tell that everyone involved felt kind of bad about doing it at the same time. Yes. So, yes. So, uh, uh, great video uh, for the listeners here. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show description here. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about the equipment that goes into shooting an MLB game? And when you're on the road, how do you go about uh, bringing all this stuff with you? Uh, so I, I've been a, I was a cannon shooter for almost the last nine years or so. And then over the last year plus I've, I've slowly transitioned to Sony full-time. Okay. Um, so equipment wise, I'm shooting anywhere between 12 millimeters to 600 millimeters for a game. Um, generally if I, if I'm shooting a game, I have three cameras on me at all times. Um, generally something wide, whether it's a 24 to 70, a 35 prime, something in the middle, 7,200, 135. And then usually the big lens is usually a 400 millimeter, sometimes a 600 millimeter. Um, baseball is such a large field that you could have Byron Buxton making a catch in center field 150 yards away, it feels like, or have him running through first base 40 feet in front of you. So you kind of need to have all your bases covered when it comes to, to focal lengths um, throughout any given game. And when I travel on the road, it's, it's not as much gear as I would bring to spring training. So okay. spring training, we have to do all of our portraits and our studio stuff. So I'm bringing lights and tripods and uh, all that stuff. So spring training is a, a lot more gear. Um, generally for a road trip, uh, when we head to Milwaukee here for opening day, it'll be, I'll bring a rolling suitcase that'll fit three or four bodies and about five or six lenses. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much my, my travel kit or even a, a kit that I would bring to a regular season home game too. I'm assuming most of these cameras are weather sealed or do you have to bring anything just in case of rain or snow to protect yeah, so, all this? Uh, all the new Sony stuff is weather sealed. The Canon stuff I've used is weather sealed, but um, like if it does rain or something at target field, I generally have rain gear that I can put on, on the equipment to protect it. Um, sometimes I'll get lazy and go shoot uh, in the uh, elevated positions where I'm covered if it's raining or cold. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, we do have rain equipment to, to cover the equipment and shoot um, in any type of weather. I noticed yesterday you posted something that you were taking or you were only using prime lenses, uh, that has to be a lot harder uh, to use just primes than having a zoom lens with you. Is that correct? Yeah, it's just a different style of shooting. A good friend of mine, Matt Dirksen, it's the Colorado Rockies photographer. And he he's done that for a few games and it kind of forces yourself to be uh, a little more creative. So I didn't have the big 400 millimeter out there. I couldn't shoot. I outfielders are so far away so there's a good photo out the ballpark we were at last night so I was mainly just shooting dugout stuff and stuff that happened close to me and trying to separate them from the background a bit more with that prime and the the one four type look right Um, so that was was just uh, a different way to shoot and after being down in spring training for 40 50 days it it's just another way to like I was saying earlier to force myself to be creative and not stick to the the same routine every single day. So after you get the photo, uh, you put it back on your computer, what softwares are you using to edit? 
Um, typically, I go through everything in Photo Mechanic to start with. Okay. That's how I'll select, and that's how we end up tagging our photos um, and archiving. Um, but then once I select them in Photo Mechanic, I'll bring everything into Lightroom, um, go through the coloring, editing from there, and then export back as JPEGs out and upload to our Photo Shelter site with our where our entire archive is searchable by player name, action, jersey color, date. Oh wow. Um, it's quite the process, but it's a uh, it's good for our organization to use and have any photo they're looking for completely searchable. So when you are typically shooting, how many photos would you take for a typical game? Ooh, that's tough. It, one uh, I would say it depends on the game okay. and what's going on. If if we're winning if we win a game one nothing I'm maybe taking 1,500, a couple thousand, um, maybe keeping 100 of them. Um, if 2019 we're hitting an eight home run game, I'm probably taking upwards of 2,500, 3,000 maybe. Um, but also a lot of that depends on the camera. So now that I've been shooting Sony the last last year and a little bit of the year before, I had the I was using the A9 or the A92, and that mm -hmm. was 20 frames per second. So that's just a lot more frames. So right. I might – I might have a lot more stuff that I might not typically keep, but it's just a lot more stuff to go through in post. And must be a um, lot more storage I, as well. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yep. And now that I, I just recently got the new Sony A1, and oh, that nice. does 30 frames per second stills. So yep. I've been, I've been toying around with it at spring training. I don't need to shoot 30 frames per second, but I'm just trying to see it, what its potential could be. So I have been pushing it to the 30 frames per second on a few different plays just to see what it can do. Um, but that also gives a lot more pictures to go through from a spring training game. So I'll probably use the 30 frames per second as the year goes on, maybe in bigger moments, but dial it back down to 20 or so, or even like 15 for a regular season game. So when you switch over from Canon to Sony, are you able to adapt those old lenses that you were using to the Sony body or do you just totally get new glass? Uh, so I slowly started with Sony and slowly started to get lenses and built up over time. Okay. Um, so made like 2018, I was using a Canon 400 or a 600 with a Canon body. And then my shorter glass was all Sony. And then as the more I saved up, I transitioned fully to Sony full-time. So last year I was using everything Sony. Okay. Um, there are, like last night with my primes, I still don't have the Sony 35 prime. So I still have the Canon one and I have, mm -hmm. it's one of my few Canon items I haven't sold yet. Um, and I have a Metabones adapter that can go on to the Sony camera where I can put a Canon lens on it. Um, it's a, it's a tad bit slower and a little more finicky to work with, but it, when it's on, it's still incredibly sharp. And that's what I was going to ask. Does it degrade the photo at all? If you're adapting a lens, um, you said it's a little uh, bit more finicky, but it ends up being nice in the end. The, the quality of the, the, the file is still really good. Okay. It hits. Um, it's just the, the Sony focusing system might not work as great as it would with a Sony on Sony combination. So it's, it's a little slower to focus. Um, but once it's on and you can start shooting, uh, it's still, it still fires pretty good. So it looks like in the off season, you do a lot of traveling. Um, I looked on your Instagram and there's some amazing photos. Uh, what are some of the favorite places you've traveled to and what are you looking for when you're taking a landscape photo or photo? Uh, favorite places I'd have to say 
Iceland is definitely up there. Okay. And I've been there, I think, three times now. Iceland, the Faroe Islands, which is a country halfway between Iceland and Norway, um, just 18 volcanic islands in the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean. It's probably the most unique place I've been to. Um, and then uh, another one is the Lofoten Islands up in the Arctic Circle in Norway. Um, great northern light show, um, just islands in the Arctic Circle with white sand beaches and blue waters like you're in the Caribbean. Um, I've just found that I like, I like taking photos and I take so much sports stuff throughout the season that, um, doing landscape stuff in the off season is just a way to recharge my batteries and look at photography a little bit differently and maybe learn some new editing styles. Um, editing a, uh, landscape photo is probably a little different than doing a Byron Buxton running. Mm -hmm. So it's, right. uh, it's a different type of skill. Um, to work on, but it's, it helps me see things and it's helped me see the world too. So it's a, it's a good combination. So I have to ask this because a lot of my listeners are into YouTube. Have you ever thought about creating a YouTube channel and do you ever uh, look to YouTube for some inspiration or for tips? I, I've briefly thought about doing a YouTube channel and then I realized that I don't have time. Yep. That's, that's the most difficult thing. Yep. Uh, the grind of the baseball schedule and stuff is, is difficult. And uh, actually a good friend of mine, Boston Red Sox photographer, uh, Billy Weiss has a pretty cool YouTube channel Okay. Um, for photography people. Um, a good behind the scenes look at it. Some of his workflows and some tips in photography, whether it's marketing or editing using Photoshop, uh, how he shoots a game. Um, so I, he's probably one of the best ones to, from a sports photography standpoint that I've seen on YouTube and I'm not sure I could match that. So I'll let him <laughs> take the reins on that one. Well, tell us a little bit about a typical day for a twins photographer. I, I know that you don't just show up to the ballpark at game time. Uh, what else goes in behind the scenes? If it's a, if it's a typical seven, seven, 10 game, I'm generally in, in the office by maybe 10 a.m. or so, um, trying to get caught up on the night before. Um, that's the thing with baseball is you're playing every single day. So if you ever get behind on stuff, uh, you're gonna be behind for a while. So I try to get caught up from the night before and uh, edit throughout the morning and then early afternoon. Um, players start arriving maybe around 12 or 1 p.m. Um, and you don't really have necessarily something to shoot, but you might have, you might need a photo of them with something specific. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of, you're kind of on call once after the lunch hour hits. Um, and then BP batting practice usually starts around 445 or so. So I'm on the field for that. Um, shooting guys in a normal year, shooting guys, signing autographs for fans or joking around in the outfield together. Um go back in, have some dinner, and then get prepared for the game. Um, if it's a 7-10 game, I'm probably on the field by 6.30, 6.40, uh, ready to shoot. And then game lasts three, three and a half hours. I'm back in the office by 10.40 or so and ingest all my stuff from that game. If it's a big play, I'll, I'll go through like a walk-off or something and maybe get on there by 11, 11.30 at best, and then wake up and do it all over again the next day. What is some of the most satisfying things for you uh, 
as far as accomplishing a photo. If you get an awesome photo and like a player uses it for their profile picture or something, uh, is that pretty rewarding for you? Yeah, I, th- I think just having other people enjoy your work is a big thing. Trying to trying to cover cover the team, and that's helped me too. Is that like I'm not just covering any base like any baseball team. I'm doing the team that I grew up rooting right. for. So that's I, awesome. I kind of have an extra extra burning passion to to do my job even better. Um, so that that's a, it's a fun challenge, and seeing stuff used is is a reward, whether it's by a player or like, I still like seeing stuff in print. Uh, okay. A lot of print stuff has been disappearing over the years as we've gotten older, but seeing a, a twins magazine in the hands of fans is cool. Or seeing a street banner in downtown Minneapolis with your photo on it is still kind of a, a cool reward that hasn't gotten old over the years. Well, I really appreciate you being on the podcast before I let you go. I always have a little lightning round, uh, Quick hitting questions. Uh, Let's see what we can find out. All right. All right. Funniest Minnesota twin you have ever been around? Uh, Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter. All right. What is the hardest part about your job, if you can single out one thing? Uh, The grind, the hours. So does that boil over into the off-season, too? Are you required to do a lot of off-season shooting? I know you said you were on the twins' caravan. Yeah, so uh, it's still a full-time job, so I'm still in the office or doing stuff every day, Um, not necessarily shooting every day. Um, I also run our our publications and such, so maybe planning for the magazine or the yearbook, and I tend to use all my vacation days in the off-season. Okay. That's where the the travel comes into play. Yep. Have you ever been through Valley City, North Dakota? That's where I'm from, and uh, I know Twins Caravan has been through here a few times, so... I have. I've been in that. We had a stop at that uh, at the gym a couple years ago. I yep. remember. That's right. I was there. I forgot, I forgot who I was with, but I remember being there. All right. Your favorite NFL team? Vikings. Good. That's the correct answer. <laughs> Rank these four leagues in order of most importance MLB, NFL, NHL, and NBA. MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL. All right. I like my hockey. Okay. Favorite movie? Mighty Ducks 2. All right. Favorite MLB park? Target Field. That's the the easy answer. Easy answer. It is one of the best by far. It is. Yep. What is the coolest thing about the MLB that fans may not know about? And I have in parentheses here, like hidden features at ballparks, best foods, et cetera. You know, like... uh, Boston has the area behind the scoreboard and things like that, that fans may not know about. From, from my perspective as a photographer, my favorite thing about baseball is that every ballpark is different. Um, so we have the photo walls at our field, but if I go shoot a game in Chicago, the photo walls are different. Uh, they might not have, they might have more, they might not have as many, but they're going to be placed at different angles on the field. So every ballpark you go to, it's, it's always a different place to shoot and it gives you a different angle. Um, if you're a NBA photographer, you're, every court's the same. You're sitting in the same spot generally and you can do the same stuff. Um, the cool thing about baseball is not only is 
the field different and the dimensions are different and the stadiums are all different, different shapes and sizes, but uh, the photo walls are different. So going to a new park is cool for me because it's different angles. You can shoot guys differently and uh, it's, a, it's another way to be creative. Is there any parks that you dread going to? Like, oh man, this place has a terrible photo well. <laughs> it's always tough to get my uh, shots. I don't think there's any that I dread. Um, like Wrigley and Fenway are really old, but it's still so cool to be in those right. parks and shoot from those photo wells. Um, I wouldn't say I have any that I've completely stood out to me. Um, the thing that I don't like, I like being outside, even if, if it's freezing in Minnesota, I'd, I'd rather be outside than at Miller park with the roof closed, you know? Okay. Yep. Or, or Arizona. I've been to like when the roof's closed there, it kind of feels like you're in an airport airplane okay. hangar, and it just, it doesn't have the atmosphere of I don't know, baseball should be outside and right. in, in the elements, you know? Yep. All right. Twins make it to the world series. Twins are up to bat with runner on second and two outs. Who do you want stepping up to the plate? Oh boy. Current player or current, a former player? You know, let's do a current player and then do a former player. Current player, let's have let's have Nelly Cruz walk yep. it off and win it for us. I would agree. Um former player, um ooh. I mean you can't go wrong with Kirby. So. That's right. Yep. I Kirby suppose bucket. you gotta answer all these questions uh uh lightly because you know all these guys, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. If you were not a photographer for the MLB, what would be your dream job? Ooh, that's tough. Can I still be a photographer and be like a travel photographer? You could, yep. That's, that's it. That's probably what I would want to do. Travel the world, take pictures, and live on the run. That'd be, that'd be cool for me. See, uh, that's a cool thing with a lot of the interviews I've done with people. I ask them about their hobbies, and I kind of stopped asking people that because it seems like their profession is their hobby. They love it so much that they, that's what they want to do. So I'm assuming uh, with that answer that you have the same thought process. Yes, exactly. It doesn't feel like work, so I love doing it. All right. I see uh, you're an ice cream connoisseur. Uh, what is your favorite ice cream? My, my go-to if I go to the grocery store is some Haagen-Dazs chocolate. Okay. Um, but my, my favorite in the, in the Twin Cities is Adele's. Uh, it's technically frozen custard, but it still counts as ice cream. Okay. Have you ever tried the Tom Brady uh, avocado ice cream that he's made so famous or whatever? That I have not. Yeah, I have not either. <laughs> I haven't even seen it for sale anywhere. But uh, <laughs> If it's green, I'm probably not eating it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite travel destination we already covered. So uh, I had a couple questions here from my friends. Uh, one of the things they wanted to know is TC. Is it the same guy every day uh, or is it on a rotating basis? Same guy every day, pretty much. Really? Amazing. And yeah. he's he's the one hitting the Quite home runs and the, he has to be a pretty athletic guy. I mean, yep. <laughs> awesome. Can crush. Yeah, he can. That's right. Well, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I know you're in the grind of the MLB season, and it means a lot to me that you wanted to come on to my podcast. Uh, I, I know all my listeners will appreciate it too. Hopefully we could have you on again in the future, maybe after something big like the Twins World Series or something. Um, thanks again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time.